Welcome back to Podcast Recovery, everyone. We are your hosts, David O. And Carly R. Carly S. Carly um, R. Carly R. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, today, we're joined by our very special friend, Erica. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Um, it's a Sunday morning, and I'm here. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all that counts. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, where are you from, Erica? I am from Catonsville. Nice. Um, I was born here. And then um, I've kind of like bounced around, but came back to Catonsville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when were you first introduced to recovery? Mm, when I went to rehab. When was that? Um, in January. Um, I was there for 30 days in 2017. Um, I knew nothing about recovery. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously I knew there was AA, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, everybody really kind of knows AA, but mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a thing, um, NA. And also, I didn't know I was an addict for a really long time. I just thought it was normal. Really? Yeah, I just thought it was, like, super normal to, like, do drugs. Yeah. Because everybody was doing it, and mm-hmm. it and it wasn't, like, abnormal. Yeah. And, it, I mean, at least the people I were hanging out with were doing drugs. So, like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is totally normal. Yeah. Go get some Coke on a... Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. How else are you going to get through Monday morning? I have no idea. <laughs> um, so, how long have you been clean? Um, I just celebrated five years. Woo! Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm almost shocked, right? Because mm-hmm. you never really think you're going to get clean you and know, stay clean. <laughs> technically, and it actually says this in a piece of literature, after three years, you're considered an old time. So, what? both of you are now Wow. Yeah, you're a predecessor. That doesn't, no. Yeah, you're both predecessors. <laughs> That's not a thing. Weird? It's it not is. A thing. It is a thing. Okay, I didn't, I don't know. I congratulations, didn't know ladies. Okay, cool. Yes, congratulations to I'm both now of you. old. And a special shout out to Carly because she just celebrated as well. How many years? Four. Four. And we found out they have the same claim date a year apart. So congratulations to both of you. Thank you. Yes. And really quick on your tip about not knowing about AA or not knowing about NA, I'm dealing that with my cousin Mac right now. He's in Ohio and he reached out to me for help and I had to like explain to him NA and I I found a schedule for him and he's actually going to his first NA meeting today. That's that's, that's awesome. So exciting. So, I love that cuz yes. I loved my first like meeting. Yeah. It was a it was a really cool experience. Yeah. So and they both, him and his sister Charlotte, who I'm giving a shout out, have been listening the whole time uh, to our podcast, supporting us. So Mac and Charlotte, love you, and uh, away we go on our podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to you to share your story with us. So take it away, Erica. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Erica Monatics. Like that's how <laughs> I know to introduce it, right? Hi, Erica. <laughs> hi. Um, so like for me. Um, I started like super young, um, at 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I had a really normal childhood. Like my mom and dad are still together. Mm-hmm. I had a sister. We were like super normal. Um, what'd you use first? I used alcohol because well, it, what drink? Um, actually, it was Flying Dog. Wow. Oh, right? Hey. <laughs> 
Look at this Damn. one. Right. Yeah. So my... I was a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Where you, well, my dad had... My mom's not a drinker, but yeah. my dad loves like his beer and wine. Yeah. And wine was always in the house. That's a classy But beer start. is in the garage. Yeah. So it was easy to be like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to get some toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. Um, yeah, it was Flying Dog. And I was like, ugh. But then I was like, That's oh, this yeah. is kind of nice. What was your first, Carly? Um... Probably Rolling Rock, because that's what my dad drank. Okay, that's decent. That's not bad either. That's yeah, not that's bad. actually pretty good. That's actually like water. Like Rolling Rock was Rolling just... Rolling Rock, it is water. Dude, it is water. It's it like it is it is just Pennsylvania swill, is all that is. Um, but yeah. All right, continue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're flying dog. And, don't, um, don't drink, everybody. No, don't do that. It's not a good time. Um, or, no, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> So, like, okay, so I started really young. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, like, a traumatic experience that happened, which started me on, like, this path of, like, um, pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I was raped when I was 11. Jesus. Um, so then, like, all those feelings of, like, it's all my fault. Um, I blamed myself. Um, like, why me? Yeah. Um, so then, like, I thought uh, at such a young age, I deserved it. I must have done something to deserve this, like, journey, right? And um, so then, like, you know, conti- I'm still hiding it. I didn't tell anybody mm-hmm. until I was about 16. But from, like, 11 to 16, I was, like, a shit show. But I never showed anybody, like, out in the world i like mm-hmm. held everything like deep down inside yep. but i was having like a lot of behavioral issues um arguing with my parents fighting all the time bucking at the system and um it was like super crazy because uh my mom and dad were so upset they didn't know what to do and so finally they took me to therapy and i told the therapist and um but uh, and they told my parents but unfortunately like in my family uh everything gets kind of like shoved under the rug like mm-hmm. we don't like oh, yeah. fully deal with it mm-hmm. um so as i was telling them that like they not didn't take it seriously but also didn't like fully run with it yeah um so it kind of just happened and like i kicked my dresser one night and I split my toe in half and I went to the hospital because I was like arguing with my mom like it was like you don't care like you don't love me and um and then they gave me like Xanax and I was my mom was just like can we like take a prescription home because it like fully calmed me down yeah no shit and I was like yeah yeah (laughs) give me the Xanax yeah so then I had Xanax and now I have alcohol Oh yeah, and Xanax, and I was like, "Yeah, this is Eric amazing. knows that story, yeah. <laughs> right?" So, but I would never do it like during the day at this point because mm-hmm. um, I well, still had still to like in school, right? Well, I mean, yeah, but I was That's like, not an excuse for any <laughs> of us. yeah, but like, um, I would never take Xanax during the day because I knew how much it would knock me out at night, yeah. and I didn't want to feel anything at night, mm-hmm. so like. I would take one every single night and then I would go to my doctor and get more of, of a prescription. Yeah. And then um 
But then in like high school, I'm crazy. I'm like playing sports. I played lacrosse. I played soccer, but all like varsity. Mm-hmm. And but like at night, I would turn into a different beast. I like went to the bar at in like high school. Yeah. So Which there's bar. Okay. <laughs> there's that bar in Canton. Okay. Off Boston Street, mm-hmm. Castaways. Yeah. That I got into. Yeah. And I made friends with the bartender. Yeah. And then I made friends with the bouncer. Of course. And then I started dating a cop. Wow. So, like, I got to wow. go. Right. Oh, God. It was so bad, How old bro. Are you? I am in, I'm in high school. So, like, 15, 16, 17. Dating a cop. Dating a cop. And not like we weren't like boyfriend girlfriend like, but we yeah. would hang out. So like I was like, oh, we're dating. Like, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> did he know? We're did he know that you were sixteen? Yes. Ah. Um, and like, so I would go there at night. I would sneak out of my house. I would yeah. go to the bar, and um, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm so <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And like I. In in hindsight, I was like, God, I was such a douchebag. But like, uh, no, Maybe he's because, the bigger douchebag. Huh? Maybe he's the bigger douchebag. Oh, a hundred percent. But like, I was so cocky. Like, yeah, oh yeah. Right? So. Oh yeah. You know a bouncer, know a bartender. And yeah, I was like, boyfriend. I'm so cool. Oh yeah. Um, And I would like bring my friends and then we would all get in. Yeah. And um, so, but then like I had like boyfriends during the day. Right? So at school, I had my... Oh, God. Yeah. I was 100% a savage. Like, without any remorse. Yeah. And I just didn't want to feel. I just wanted to be loved. Yeah. And so for me, in my journey, literally, drugs and men would go hand in hand. Like, there was, like, not one without the other. Yeah. And, like, for me also, I would have one. And if they were... If I was, like, finished... With that person, I'd have another one on the back burner. God, you're just a man. Oh, I was just like such an asshole. If <laughs> I still am. But <laughs> I am like. It's progress, not perfection. You're 100% correct. Um, but like, so that, that was like my life. I was like played sports, had this like facade. I would go to practice. I would. And then I started smoking weed during practice and like cigarettes. And then I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like dying. Oh, yeah. And we had to run around Catonsville High School, and I would like with the with the goalie, mind mm-hmm. you, me and her would cut through the the course, woods, yeah, and I was just like, "Dude, yeah. I don't want to do this." And we'd like smoke a cigarette and then like go back into practice, like nothing happened, <laughs> like That's zero nice. things happened. It's not and, like lacrosse is a cardio sport. Absolutely right? not. Well, you know, or soccer, right? Or soccer. <laughs> yeah. None of those things. I was mm-mm. well for a fucking goalie. It's not. Well, so she I was. I was. I was. So now. Back then, it was called a first home. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just, like, back attack. But a first home was, like, literally on the other side of the goal. So, I really didn't do any running. Mm-hmm. I was literally... I mean, I would run around the goal and, like, score, but I didn't have to run all the way up the field. Yeah, you weren't run a, mid- you weren't a midi. Yeah. Yeah, so was, I was uh, like, I yeah, that's fine. I'm cool. And, um, right, so... So high school, I was able. I actually got a scholarship to go to Penn State oh, to play, shit. right? To play lacrosse, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, drugs. 
Yeah. <laughs> also, I didn't want to do that anymore with my life. Yeah. Like, I didn't... That wasn't the path I wanted to go down. Mm-hmm. And in high school, I was able to leave school and go to college and or work. Mm-hmm. So I started working at a hair salon in Ellicott City. Mm-hmm. And I was like the front desk, like managing it. Like I was working 60 hours a week on top of going to school, playing lacrosse. And I was like, I don't want to fucking play lacrosse anymore. Mm-hmm. And... um. I was like, I want to work. I want to make money. I want to, like, get my life on the road. So, like, I didn't go to college, which completely disappointed my parents. Mm. Um, And I almost, like, like, look back to see where my life would have gone. Oh, yeah. And it's... I I imagine my whole life completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... Right, so now I'm finished high school. I'm working at a hair salon. And I then decided that I want to go to hair school because I loved watching the hair world so much. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did that. And so I went to the Paul Mitchell School in Glen Burnie, mm-hmm. which is no longer there anymore. Um, and I got kicked out of that hair school. Wow. Um, I imagine that's hard to do. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is hard to do. Um, But I was like smoking weed and I, I, and like still doing drugs. Like it never stopped. Yeah. And um, so then I am doing all those things and I got kicked out of this hair school because I went to Mexico for a vacation and I came back and they had changed and restructured the the salon. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do color at your chair anymore. You had to go to a color bar to do the color. Yeah. Well, nobody told me. I didn't know. And um, the owner came over and was like, "What are you stupid or something?" And I was just like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> like, have you lost your yeah? You mind? know who the fuck I am? Yeah. Like, yeah. wait, <laughs> excuse you. <laughs> so and then I like excused myself from my client, and I like literally let him have it because he was like super nasty to women like i saw the way he treated his wife he treated us and i was just like "Mm, that's it like i'm letting you have it and um so i got kicked out and that was a barbering school so then i drove to the paul mitchell in frederick which Mm -hmm. was cosmetology okay and I finished there and I loved it. God, it was such a change. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is why I'm doing hair. Like, yeah. this is the reason right here. Really? Glenn, Bernie, and Frederick are different. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, mm. but I also had to drive there every single day. Yeah, but it was beautiful. It was like mm-hmm. a beautiful drive in like the beautiful town. And it was like downtown Frederick. And mm-hmm. it was so nice. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? This is why this is the bougie stuff I wanted to do. Like, I'm bougie. This Sitting is the here with bougie Michael Kors bag. Yeah, <laughs> clearance. <laughs> it was clearance. Don't let it fool you. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> that's that's like what I wanted to do. I mm-hmm. like saw my boss and her extravagant life. Yeah, and I was like, I want that. That's mm-hmm. what I want. I want a house. I want like the car, the family, the like. I want all of it. Yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna go get it. Yeah. Did I though? Yeah. No. Um, so I finished hair school. I loved it. I started working at that salon that I was working at. Um, 
also dating a guy at this time, and we had moved out to Ellicott City mm-hmm. in one of the townhomes in, like, that really nice community back there. I cannot remember the name of it. Yeah. And I had the townhomes. I had the guy. I had the job. Mm-hmm. The money, the power. The right? Prestige. Like, I had yeah. it all. Mm-hmm. And, um... I'm, like, drinking more now. Mm-hmm. So not as much pills, but, like, drinking. Mm-hmm. And then, like, occasional Coke on the side. And, um, right, like, ooh, like ooh, it's a weekend. Yeah. Do that. And um, one night he came home and he dislocated my shoulder because he, I all I asked him, mind you, I don't care. But he was like, I was like, did you go to the strip club tonight? Like, you got glitter everywhere. Dead giveaway. Right. And I also did not care that you went to the strip club. Literally just a question. But he was so drunk. um, He like dislocated my shoulder, which still today it dislocates Uh, continuously until I get surgery, which I don't know if I want to do. Yeah. Um, So I'm like, you dick face, take me (laughs) to the hospital. And um. They gave me Percocets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, where has this been my whole life? Mm-hmm. I loved the way it felt. I loved everything about it. And I was like, I got this shit boyfriend and I got this job that I love, but like also don't want to be there because mm-hmm. I was like, how am I going to further my life in Ellicott City Yeah, at a hair salon that's like in the cut? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to i want more so i um left the house that we were in i left everything Mm -hmm. my bed my ditches my i mean my whole life i just left it i grabbed my purse like a couple article of clothing and i left Mm -hmm. and i never looked back and um then i started at a salon in columbia and i hated it there i hated it with everything in me yeah but then a salon in Baltimore City reached out. It was the Red Door Spa. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know if you know about salons, but that was, like, up with the Ritz. Okay. So men's haircuts were, like, $50 a piece. Mm-hmm. And that was just a cut. That didn't include, like, your wash, your massage, your beard trim. Like, that's where it started. That's pricey. I mean, a women's haircut was $60 without a blow dry. Good God. So with a blow dry, it was like 80 to 100. And so that's where I wanted to be. Like, this is like. $25? Yeah, pretty much. So I was like, yeah, I'm definitely taking it. So I was there and I like met a guy, right? So drugs and guys. Yeah. And I met a guy. That's the title, Eric. Drugs and guys. God, it is the title. Because it should be the title. <laughs> um, so I uh, was like at this salon and I met this guy on a weekend that I like went away with my friends to like, mm-hmm. oh, cute, let me go away for the weekend. <laughs> and um, I went away for the weekend and I met this dude who I had zero interest in, but like alcohol, yeah. drugs. Yeah. I was like cool i'm gonna hook up with you i will never see you again in my life mm-hmm. well i got pregnant oh it's and, always that guy right like it's oh, always God. Fucking that guy so i got pregnant um and my whole life changed yeah um 
because I can no longer party. Mm-hmm. And I had to like literally be serious. Um, so I'm still working at the, the salon. Um, still can hold a job. Still can do all these things. Mm-hmm. Moved into my parents because I'm like 20, 21. Good God. Yeah. All of that happened? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. It, like, I'm telling you, my life, it was I like I thought we were crazy. talking like, a, like five, ten years. No, I was, I was 21. Yeah. I had my daughter when I was 22. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I still was 21 because I, my birthday was like two weeks, two months later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had her, but when I tell you this relationship was so toxic, but like I was willing to make it work. Because I'm pregnant. I didn't want to be by myself. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, for me, filling a void was more important than my happiness. And um, he was such an asshole, man. He would um, be... Dr- so, then I started working at a salon and working a b- I'm bartending. I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Working at a salon and bartending. Because I'm like, I have to make so much money. And he's like, I'm a taxi driver. I'll work when I want to. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, you're fucking amazing. Um, so he, like, we get arrested all the time, and I have to bail him out. And he comes to the bar, which I worked at Caton Tavern. Oh, shit. Right there. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, like, morning shift. So he would get off his, like, whatever job he had at the time, and he would come in and drink, and I'd have to pay for it. And I'm oh, thinking that this is normal, right? Because, like... I want, I'm like trying to keep my family together at this point. Like my family was more important than my happiness again. And, um, so I had my daughter January 16th, 2009 and she was a month early. So I was not ready. Uh Um, she was supposed to be born on Valentine's day. So I had to stop working. I did not have enough money saved. Um, But we, like, I, like, made it work. Like, we tried to make it work. Mm -hmm. And this was the first grandbaby of the whole family. So she was the biggest deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's so spoiled. I mean, still to this day. She's 13 now. But she's, like, so spoiled. Um, But she was born. I turned, you know, 22, still working. But there was Easter Sunday, the day before he had gone to the city to get whatever. I don't know what he was doing. I got a phone call saying that he was locked up for crack. And I said, hmm, cool. Leave him in there because I'm not bailing him out anymore. I have now this kid to take care of. But that sent me on a spiral. Because now I had a kid to take care of. And instead of doing the motherly thing and 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 taking care of her, I reverted back to my old ways. Mm-hmm. And I started drinking heavily, um, doing drugs every night. My mom would watch the baby. I'm going out because I can't deal with this. This is too much. I'm now stressed out. I'm still so young. And, um, oh, my God, it got so bad. And um, I did I did not get 
high or drunk or anything during my pregnancy, which is I was so proud of myself Mm -hmm. today. Um, Back then I didn't, it didn't really matter to me. I was so young. But like today I'm like so proud of that, those like two moments in my life. Um, And then I like, oh, shit. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) I like met this other dude. Okay. God, I fucking hate myself. Um, <laughs> and I met him, and I knew him in middle school. Mm-hmm. No, elementary school is when we met. But he moved to Lansdowne, and that's when I should have known, right? <laughs> God. I hate myself. Such a Catonsville um, thing to say. It is such a thing to say. Such a Catonsville thing to say. God. You moved to Lansdowne. <laughs> and somebody from Arbutus would even say that too. They'd be like, oh, they're on the other side of the tracks. Fuck yeah. And I, and I was like, shit, Erica. But so he kept like trying to talk to me. And I was like, no, like I'm this new mother. I don't need you in my life. I'm swearing off men. And good, I didn't. Right, but yeah, yeah. Um, listen, <laughs> drugs and men. <laughs> um, I did not. I started dating him, and actually, we were together for five years. Um, but I had gotten pregnant again, and my daughter was born November thirtieth, two thousand twelve. So now I had two kids, and his Wait, daughter. What, what date was that? November one. Thirtieth. Oh shit! Two thousand twelve. Two days clean. Yeah? Yeah, in jail. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm in the spittle. <laughs> um, and I actually, her birth story is crazy. I had her fully natural. I almost had her in the car. I kicked oh. a couple out of the elevator because I'm like literally about to, pu- like I'm. Yeah, you're ready to go. Ready. So I'm on the table signing the paper and I pushed her out. Like I didn't even like panic. Like you have to like do things before oh, you yeah, have a baby. Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole process. <laughs> yes. So I didn't do any of those things. And I walked to my postpartum room. I was like, do, do, do. Like this was great. <laughs> baby in hand. Yeah. Like cool. Still, umbilical still attached. We're they good. were like, need a wheelchair? And I was like, no. <laughs> Leave me be. <laughs> um, but the hospital my daughter's father left, got drugs, and brought it back. So I have this new baby. And they were like, you want us to take us to the nursery? And I was like, yes. This is Lansdowne, Dad? Yeah. Yep, that's on brand. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, take her to the nursery. I'm over here. I'm already getting whatever they give you. Oh, yeah. After labor. Yeah. And now I have, like, extra. So I'm, like, chopping up things looking for the nurse, closing the curtain, like doing lines in the hospital with my newborn baby, like over there. Oh my God. It was crazy. Um, but that's when my drug addiction really took off. Yeah. Like hardcore. So I had these two kids and now I'm still like drinking, doing drugs, working still though. Yeah. Like still making money. And um, I look back and it's so crazy to me. Well, and then, you know, I found out he cheated on me while I was pregnant, but I still stayed because he was providing me drugs. 
Like, so now I'm staying because I, he's like going to get drugs. Like, I don't have to do anything at this point. Guys are the worst. Yeah, right? Like, like they literally are bringing me what I need. I don't need anything else from you. I just need what you're handing me. And we would split it up. And if we didn't split it up equally, I would lose my mind. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Like, if you're not giving me my equal share, um, done. (laughs) That's that's the line. (laughs) So then, um, I don't know why we ended up breaking up. And I'm sure it had to do with something crazy. But I was so messed up in my brain at this point Mm -hmm. that... Um, I didn't care. And also, we moved, him and I moved multiple times. Marl Park, <laughs> Wilkins, Oof. and then back to Catonsville. And I was just like... Well, at least you moved up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You continually moved up. My That's God. good. But we were, when we lived in Marl Park, we lived right next to a perk dealer. Of course. So I'd literally be like... Isn't that a requisite for hey. Wilkins? Hey! <laughs> And you then, deal? No, you can't live here. And then when we lived in Wilkins, we sorry, lived Wilkins and two door. Sorry. Like I know, Don't God, I'm yourself. so sorry, but like it's reality. Um, and then we lived in Wilkins, and there was oh my God, every morning I'd take the kids to school, and there was like prostitutes using my mirror as like uh, oh, yeah. they're like yeah. fixing up, and I was just like, dude, move! Like, what are you doing? And then there was this one. This was the where it got this is bad. This the most Baltimore Listen, I know. It's crazy. My life is crazy. Okay? <laughs> crazy. Um, and I did it to myself. <laughs> so then I would go to, like, there was this one time it got so bad. I would, like, come out my door. There was a prostitute sitting on my stoop. The cop, she had baggies. He, like, dumped the baggies out, right? Of course. And I was like, dude. Excuse me. Two steps down. Like, two stoops down. Take this mess. Two stoops down. But I put my foot down on the baggie. Yeah. And I was like, these are mine for the inconvenience that you gave me. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) such an asshole, man. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. So. I didn't want to, so like my, one of my nevers was never do heroin, mm-hmm. never do heroin. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to take this bag and I'm going to sell them for pills, right? <laughs> <laughs> Eric just laughing behind the curtain. Right? But you know what? I did. I just, oh, wow. I, no, because I was like, that's, I will never do that. I will never be that heroin addict. <laughs> okay. Um, so then... I, we like couldn't afford it. He kept taking more money out of my bank account. Yeah. And mind you, I'm still working at that Red Door spot. And I've also moved up. I am now um, lead stylist, manager, and uh, trainer. Mm-hmm. So I'm like making more money than I could have ever thought of. So yep. that's why I'm thinking I'm not an addict because I can still oh, yeah. hold down my job. You're, you're failing upwards. Right? Like I'm not, I still have both my kids. Nobody got taken from me. I have this amazing job. I have this boyfriend who I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm great. Mind you, I'm catching mice in my kitchen as like a Tuesday night activity because I live on Wilkins and there's shootings in the backyard of my house. Yeah. But I. Well, the thing is, is that we didn't stay there long. <laughs> so, <laughs> the thing is, we didn't even have time for that. We didn't even unpack all our boxes 
to stay there long enough because I was giving him the rent money and he was using it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, we can't stay here anymore. I can't afford you to continue to fuck up. Mm -hmm. So we moved back to my parents because I was like, I need somewhere to be that's safe. Yeah. But I need to still get out. So I'm like trying to like save all this money. And finally, I think I'd had, oh, he stole almost all my money out of my bank account. And when I say I had like thousands of dollars, he like him and his buddy took my bank card one night and used it and took all my money out of my account. And because I he knew my pin number, I couldn't go to the bank and be like, this dude stole my money. Yeah. Like, that's not how banks work. Nope. And so I was fucked. Also, he totaled one a car that was in my name. And now, till this day, he still owes $10,000 and they're coming after me. And I keep sending them his number. Yeah. I'm not doing that. And eventually yeah. I probably will because it's the wreckage of my own past that I have to clean up. But, um, so then that happened. And, and so now I'm by myself with two kids working, but I get fired from that amazing job. Because I'm late, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and but then I went to um, Baltimore Salon and Spa in the Ritz because mm-hmm. I had this amazing resume, yeah. and um, mind you, I was also doing runway work with Paul Mitchell in New York. So on the weekends, I would do Jesus. so what right. The fuck? I would do so much drugs with them, and I'd be like runway. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I'd go back and then I'd be like, well, I still need more drugs to function as a human being. So it's like I kept getting progressively worse. And so now I'm working there. I didn't work there long because like my drug addiction have gotten so bad at this point. I can't function throughout the day without meeting my dealer at the salon. Mm -hmm. So now my dealer's meeting me at the salon so I can actually do somebody's hair and not nod out. Um, or like anything and mind you, it's still Percocet. So I haven't ventured off yet. And, um, until I meet this other guy and, um, man, this, this guy, God, and I'm not, I'm coming to the end of my road, but like, I thought that he was so good. He was like, he went to church every Sunday. He like, had a great rapport with his parents and he was just an abusive asshole. And, um, but at this point I deserved it in my head. Okay. I, was, I just, I right. Like, to kibosh that real right. Quick. No, but so, in my yeah. head, I thought that I, I had done all these things and all this stuff. And I thought I deserved this abuse. I thought it was love because I had been, Mind you, like mentally abused the whole time with these men who I'm getting drugs with. And um, I now am doing, so my dealer, I went to go get Percocets. He said, dude, um, I just got this, and it was heroin. I just got this, um, try a sample. Of course. But I held, you know, I held that for five days in my wallet, staring at it. And at this point, I'm sick. Because I didn't have anything. And um, 
I did it. And that was like, that, that, you know, that's like almost all she wrote after that. My life went to shit after that. Um, I'm now no longer working at a hair salon. I am now escorting through Backpage. And, um, God, that was a pain. Wow. And I'm now living not at my parents. And I have my kids who are, like, living in my car. Um, And I'm still dating this guy. But, man, when I tell you, I have never felt more disrespected in my whole life. Even escorting. Like, he was the epitome of... And when I wrote my, right, when I wrote my fourth step, he has got 10 pages because it was so, I've had broken jaws, black eyes, pulled out hair. He stabbed me. He shot at me. I, he tried to kill me and my kids in the car. Like it was the definition of insanity, but I stayed because drugs Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I'm, I was, towards the end of my road, I was escorting with this other girl. We never went without each other because I always needed a, you know, safety person. Um, but, like, even that, I you know, that lifestyle is really rough, man. Yeah. Like, rough. I was also beaten, but also I couldn't do anything without drugs. Mm-hmm. So I had to go get it. And if I didn't have any, I'd be like, you're paying for this before we even do anything. Because in my head, I couldn't even do it. Yeah. Um, So I'm escorting. I'm hanging out with this girl, still with this guy. Pretty much gave my kids to my parents. Nothing legally, but was just like. This is what it is. Here. I can't. I can't. I can't. My daughter saw me use. They saw me get beat up. They saw me literally at the lowest of my low. And mostly my oldest daughter, not so much my younger daughter. But um, one day my younger daughter put a straw up her nose and she said, Mommy, look at me. Uh, Right? And I was just like, Erica, what are you doing, dude? And um, it wasn't shortly after that that I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. mm -hmm. So I was supposed to meet a dude. Um... But instead, I went to my mom's house, I laid in my old bed, and I cried. And I really was withdrawing. I was, like, sweating, throwing things. And then I finally looked at my mom and was like, I need help. Like, I just need help. Like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I, I, need, I want my kids. I want, like, my life back. I want my life back. And, um, and so, but for me, I had to leave the state to go to treatment Mm -hmm. because this guy is now stalking me and I couldn't go to Baltimore for treatment because I also know me, I have to remove me out of the equation and I had to literally go away. So I went to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Um, I know treatment's not a lot of people's stories, but it's like the biggest part of mine because it's where I found my like salvation. Mm-hmm. It's where I found this program. It's where I found recovery. It's where I found my life. Huh? You can drop the program if you want. Name drop. What? Name, uh, where I went? Yeah. Oh, the ranch in 
um, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it was the best place on the planet. It was literally in the middle of nowhere, next to Amish country. Like, oh my God, it was beautiful. I woke up and I like saw the horizon. There was like woods. Oh my God, it was so beautiful. It was like so therapeutic for Mm me. Um, But when I went up to treatment, (laughs) this is my last day using. I'll never forget it. I, my mom handed me $60, went to the city. Because they were like, you have to have something in your system before you can come to treatment. Mm. And I was like withdrawing. Which is such a fucked up part of the, it, the whole industry. I agree like, yeah. because I was just like, cool. But I was like, yeah, I get to get high. What? Mm. I get to get high. I'm so excited. And so I I go to the city, grab some stuff, um, go to my mom. And I was just like you do realize that you have to stop every like little bit at the gas station so I can continuously get high. And she was like, Erica, I don't care. As long as we get you treatment, I don't care what we have to do as long as you get there. And I said, oh, bet. <laughs> so, then, <laughs> so then I, I am going and we stopped at this last place, right? It was Sheets. I don't remember the road, but it was a Sheets in Pennsylvania, right? Because that was like... You're already selling me. Yeah. And so I'm at the Sheets. I'm in the bathroom. My mom was like, don't forget to throw your stuff away before we get out of here. And I was like, yeah. 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 (laughs) I hide it in my ponytail. Nice. Because I was like, I want this so bad. Yeah. But... It has such a hold on me. Yeah, of course. I don't want to get rid of it. But I did get rid of like I had this like weird little kit. I had, you know, everybody's got a kit. Yeah, I had yeah, a yeah. kit. And I, I had this like little blue box. And I was like, I don't want to get rid of you. <laughs> but I threw it in the trash can. But I kept one straw and a pill. Mm-hmm. And mind you, oh, by this point, I'm doing fentanyl. Oh. I'm not even doing heroin. I'm oh. doing straight fentanyl. God, you're so lucky. You're 100% correct because I would go and they'd be like, oh, we have scramble over here. And I was like, no, no, I want over that white shit. I want the fentanyl now. Now I want fentanyl. And um, yeah, oh, God, it was crazy. That's crazy. I can't remember. For, I can't remember. I can't forget that part of my story ever because that's where it led me. Yeah. To. To, all the way from alcohol, Xanax, Percocets, heroin, fentanyl. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to treatment now. I'm like, do-do-do. I'm here. Also, it was at nighttime. So everybody is now taking their nighttime meds. Uh, so they got, you know, you got the line. Like, don't mind if I do. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. They were like, we can't give you anything because I know you're high. And... All we can give you is a melatonin. And I was like, the fuck? What's that going to do for me yeah, right yeah, now yeah. at this point? And um, and I was just like, hmm. So now we're doing, we're, I'm getting ready for the search, your body search. I was like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the bathroom. So then I, a whole pill, I just railed it. Flushed everything down the toilet and then went there. I don't really remember that night too much you don't say yeah um the one thing i do remember was i was scared yeah i was so scared but you know what was crazy i went into my detox room and there was a note on my bed and it was like 
I don't know you, but I'm so happy you're here. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, wow. Nobody has ever been happy for me to be here anywhere. Like, (laughs) anywhere. Um, And I went to bed and I woke up in this room with two other girls whom are still my best friends till today. And um, the one girl, I got really close with her because we were in detox together for a long time because she was detoxing off of alcohol and I was detoxing off of fentanyl. So it was like a weird, long detox. What are their names? Name drop. Oh, um, so my friend Jess and my friend Hannah. And um, Jess actually lives in Essex, which is why her and I became so close. Mm -hmm. Hannah lives, um, she's kind of still a floater. Okay. She just likes to float. Yeah. Um, solid girl. Love her. Um, but Jess uh, and I became like really good friends. And we were in detox together for a long time. And then um, I did not want know anything about N.A., Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody was like, you need to go to all these meetings, 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 meetings. All I kept hearing was meetings. And I was like, what the fuck's a meeting? Yeah. I don't want to go to the meeting. I don't feel good. I'm sweating, shitting, piss. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. everything. And I don't want to do anything. And they were like, no, you have to go to this meeting. So the first meeting I went to was AA. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. This one sucked. Also, I didn't feel good. So I never fully gave it a chance. Yeah. Fair enough. But when the NA meeting came around, this man, right? Drugs and drugs, drugs and, and, men. and men. Drugs and men. This guy came in. I mean, he was like buff tats. Like, I don't know. He was from the Dundalk area. Mm. But <laughs> like, <laughs> the thing is, is that he was a go- he was so good looking and he was clean. Yep. And and I was like, I want and I I want I want whatever that is. And um, but at at some point, right, it didn't become about what he looked like. It was about his story Mm -hmm. and how he felt, yeah, and how like he was. And I was like, dude, that's me, Mm -hmm. like in a nutshell. So they told me. In treatment to do like a 90-90, get a sponsor, get a home group. I didn't know what any of those things really were, but I knew that I wanted to do it because I didn't have any other, like at this point I had, my way wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Let me try a different way. And so um, I finished treatment. Um, I go to the Wednesday night at uh, eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I immediately knew Pat. Oh, yeah. Him and I went to high school together. Mm-hmm. And so I just raised my hand and I was like, hi, I'm Erica, I'm an addict, and I just got a treatment today. And that, like, started my journey. But, like, you know that notepad, right? It's so embarrassing. You know the notepad? Yeah. I wrote my day, how many days I had on there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this was, I, I'm so oh, happy. I remember that. I remember <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> Because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And I was like, I'm 30 days clean. Fuck you all. <laughs> and I wrote it. Yeah. Because I was so proud. Like, I didn't have 30 seconds and before. it should be. Yeah. Right. So and I like, was I like. I don't know why it has to be a year. Like, if it's fucking 17 days, you should be able to write it on. I that. agree. Because, 100%. like, I think that clean time should always be celebrated. Hell yeah. Um. So I did. I wrote it. And then 
I went to a meeting for every single day for almost two years straight. Nice. Because they told me that I had to chase my recovery like I chased my drugs. Mm -hmm. And I did drugs every day. Yep. So I'm going to recover every day. And I joined a home group, which I didn't join your home group, but I joined the Thursday where it was like Emily Kim, like it was more. No, wi- it. it was yeah, listen, fine. it was more women based, yeah, and I needed for, women. The of two evils, yeah, I, I needed it. women in my life because I never had a woman oh. who was actually a friend. Yeah, and I never trusted women because they always wanted something That's cool. that we I got had. Carly, up I, top. <laughs> I love you, Carly. <laughs> love you too. Um, but I needed like people, so then I actually made Emily my sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, because I liked her, yeah, a lot. Emily's great. Um, and she knew the book more. Like she was more. She's very studious. Yeah, like, and I needed that. I need somebody to like beat this into my brain. Mm-hmm. And um, I did. I started my step work. Um, <clears throat> I did start dating somebody. Um, immediately afterwards, because even though they tell you don't do that, I don't listen yeah. very well. <laughs> and, um, but he died. Uh, Who was it? Because he did one more. Who was it? Jesse. Oh, oh I knew shit. Jesse. Yeah. So we were dating, and um, you know that night still haunts me to this day yeah. because I left him. At 2.30 in the morning, and he died at 3. Um, and I didn't find him till 10 o'clock the next night because I just assumed he was sleeping. But we had a family event to go to that his like sister's birthday or something. Um, and I went and I walked up to his house and I was like, hey, is Jesse here? She was like, yeah, I think he's sleeping downstairs because he was sitting up with his headphones on. But he was dead. After 30 minutes. And they found a pill underneath of his body when they moved him. Um, After that moment, I swore off men for two years. um, Because I was like, you know what? Nothing I'm doing is working. Literally nothing. Every time I go around somebody, something happens. I just need to be myself. And at this point, I just need to find myself. Mm -hmm. And he was dead and I was hurt hurting because he was the first person in recovery that I was clean. Your first person in recovery, I don't know, does something. Oh yeah. And, um, I still hold him very deep in my heart. I actually still talk to his mother because, um, he was such a big part of the beginning of my recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like hanging out with Stephanie and Matt at this point who are still clean. And, Mm -hmm. um, but like everybody else that I really like got clean with are no longer clean today. You need to help me just continue to browbeat Matt because he's like, oh, I work a lot. And I'm like, we're going to get you. First of all, Matt, we all work a lot. And <laughs> first you. of all, Matthew, get, get your, you shouldn't say no. Why are you saying no? Yep. Um. So, you know, I'm <clears throat> at this point, I am working at Double T, which I hate more than everything in the planet Earth. I cannot stand that place. <laughs> I just really fucking can't. Being um, from Catonsville, that has to have like a little extra sting too. Yeah, yes. it really does. It really, really <laughs> does. Um, but I worked there, so I know what happens behind the scenes, and I'm not a fan. So, um, 
breakfast is the worst meal of the day. Let's just say that. Um, but okay, and then and then I found this person. Her name is Tracy. She was an amazing person. She got me a job at a hair salon mm-hmm. in Glen Burnie. And I'm now doing it again what I love. Clean, with recovery, finding myself again, finding my place on this on this earth, being a productive member of society, taking care of my children, going to meetings, trying to find balance. Um, I loved it. I loved my life. And I'm so glad that I got it back due to this program, due to this, you know, recovery. And um, so I'm, I'm right, swore off men, men, men go away. And um, but then I started dating this guy in AA and I was like, oh, yeah, AA, fuck NA, because all NA guys are going to see me in a meeting. And if I date an NA guy, I don't want to see that person in a meeting. So let me AA. Okay. <laughs> it was this it was terrible it was fucking terrible guys are the worst i just hated You're it the worst i'm sorry he, i just oh oh so mad at myself because i waited so long it was terrible <laughs> for eight months <laughs> I like to torture myself. Um, at this point, I have both my kids back, and they're so amazing. And I love everything. And I have a best friend whom I count on today who helps me with my recovery when I'm batshit crazy because I don't have to use. I don't need to use. It's crazy because both of your batshit crazies cancel each other out. Yeah. It's perfect. I love it. She's like my literal person. Yeah. If I could have just one person, it'd probably be her. Yeah. For the rest of my life. I say just ditch Matt. Just. Well, I've <laughs> talked to her about that, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, okay, I am also dating somebody, mm-hmm. but he's a oh my god, he's so good to me. Good. He's so good to me. I never knew what like having a person would do for you, and I don't need him to like. Be around me 24-7. We do it both do our own things. Mm. And I love that. And then we come together and we're like merging this like blended family. You know that movie Blended? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel, right? Like, it's still crazy. Mm-hmm. But I love the like togetherness of it all. Um, I opened up my own studio in Glen Burnie. Um, so I have my, I'm going to have my own business today. Um, with COVID... Actually, I got my studio during COVID, which was crazy mm-hmm. because um, I didn't think that was possible, but it was. And it actually worked out better because nobody likes germs and I can clean it myself. So, like, it's just me and this other person. I love it. Um, on a serious note, this this year was, like, really crazy for me. Um, my daughter's father died. My oldest daughter's father died. Mm. Um Found out that he was inappropriately touching her after he died. So now my 13-year-old wants to kill herself Mm. and hates herself. And I had to take her to the psych ward. So, like, now all the things that my mom did, my mom and dad did not do for me. I look at it like 
I'm doing above and beyond for her now because I know that feeling. I don't want to ever hurt. Yeah. I don't want her to ever feel that way. So she has a therapist. She has a psychiatrist. She has therapists at school. I'm emotionally supporting her because I know how that feels. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's your father for fuck's sake, though. How do you even wrap your brain around that at this point? But he died. And um, so now I do things like I took her to the rage room. Yeah, oh, I saw yeah. that. That place is I awesome. Yes. For her birthday. Yeah, oh, for that. her birthday, I took her. Yeah. And we're going to, the, that's, okay, so that's another, we're going to the gun range. I'm going to show her how to shoot a gun. Okay. Is it smart? Mm, I don't know. Rage room is a great idea. <laughs> Rage room's a great that's, idea. That's perfect yeah. for like perfect. that age. Yeah, like, oh God, it was great perfect. because they gave you boxes of glass that you could just like throw against walls, sledgehammers, bats, old machines. I made something with his name on it, and she, I swear to God, she like murdered it into the ground. Um, but she was so happy after that. I oh, think yeah. it was her like. That was very cathartic. I'm sure. Fuck you. Yeah. Like literal fuck you. But she's like, he is still my dad. I still love him. So it's mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah, it's gonna be because, um. Man, it's rough. it's rough. But I was I was telling, and, and she's cutting herself now. Um, it's it just like continues to pile on. But you know what? You know what I'm grateful for is the fact that I'm so clean today that I can actually help her. Because if I was using, I would not be able to do any of this. I'm legit trying not to cry right now. Yeah, be, but I would not be able to help her through this like painful moment in her life. And it is, I'm so grateful that I, I wanted something different and I needed that change and I needed this to like change. I needed a change. But then, you know, my other daughter, my little one, her father's having another kid. And she, man, I just, oh. he no longer talks to her. Um... God, I know how to pick them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what? My my boyfriend today is so, he's so amazing. And he's such a sarcastic dick. So he probably, he's going to make fun of me for saying it. But like, he's so supportive. And he's like the most healthiest relationship I've ever been in. And both my children adore him. And... He doesn't push anything. He doesn't. He lets them be at who they are at their own pace, and it it is it is so and so amazing. And I'm so grateful for him because I never thought they would have a positive role role model in their lives. Even if him and I do not work out, they see the like the positive. They yeah. see the difference, the change, the like what it should be. Yeah. Um. And we've been together for two years now. And um, honestly, it's been so good. So good. Good. And um, trying to find this thing called balance again with my life because new boyfriend, kids, work, meetings, recovery. It is a it's hard. It's one of the hardest things I've had to do in recovery is Mm -hmm. find balance. But like so blessed to be able to find it. I don't know. I'm just so blessed and grateful for this, like, program, for this everything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 
All right. That's all I got. That was amazing. We definitely have some questions for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David, do you want to go first? Oh, <laughs> you stole my line. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally trumped me I there. love that. Uh, I love everything that just happened. Yes, <laughs> yes I will go first. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I want to start with a fun question first. Favorite horror movie? <clears throat> Did you say horror movie? Horror movie, yes. She oh. said you, you're a horror oh, movie yeah, fan. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, this is a solid answer. Yeah, I love Love those movies. I love them. Have you seen all of his? Yeah. Even um, Lords of Salem? Yes. I saw every. 31? Yes, 31. We went to the movies. They had like a special showing. Yes. Yeah, we went. Me, Stephanie, and uh, my boyfriend, we all went. So, hot take his Halloweens, in my opinion, are better than the original Halloweens. the, The original Halloween is my favorite. Halloween or horror movie of all time. Okay, yeah, yeah. no, I can Just totally. It's the OG. It, it, yeah, like, the the original slasher is Psycho, but Halloween was the one that took it. I to think the next Hitchcock level. is definitely like Hitchcock's the original thriller oh, yeah. horror. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Do you have one? Are you a horror movie fan? I'm not not a fan. Okay, but I don't have a favorite one. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> it just is. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to have a favorite. Um. Okay. Um, so you talked about um, stuffing your feelings and I want your answer on this too Carly so because I know that's a parallel um, and I think it's a common theme in all of um, recovery just we stuff our feelings and what we're thinking and what we're feeling for so long and then we learn to transition to opening up and experience those feelings yeah so what is the the benefit like was it difficult from going from just stuffing it down and not talking about it to now being in it in recovery and it's like being encouraged to open up yeah oh for sure Mm -hmm. that sucked Mm -hmm. that was the worst but what i kept hearing was your feelings are never going to go away yeah. You're oh, yeah. like you can stuff them as far down as you want, but oh, yeah. they always resurface mm-hmm. in such a whenever they just came up and oh, yeah. and I was just like, God, oh, I'd be sitting in a meeting and I'd be like, don't cry. Don't do it. Because like a feeling oh, would come up. Feeling. Right. Like, God, it was. But it was so. Freeing mm-hmm. because. I no longer have to shove all of that in a weird spot anymore. I could like live. Ha- I was like happy mm-hmm. and like I had never been happy before. And I could like feel my feelings and say what I wanted to say without the fear of hurting your feelings. Because I'm not hurting your feelings. I'm just like telling you how I feel. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm telling you how I feel in in a in a way that like I know how and not to hurt your feelings. But I would be like, hey. Like, I don't fucking like you today. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And that's okay. But I might like you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But today, I fucking hate you all. <laughs> so, and I would say that in meetings. And I'd be like, you know what? I love everybody in this room, but I fucking hate all of your faces right now. And I don't even want to be here or participate. And they'd be like, thanks for sharing. And I'd be like, you're welcome. Because that's how I feel. Because <laughs> that's how I feel. And, um, but it was super freeing. Yeah, it was it was so good, and still today is super freeing. Mm-hmm. I feel like so much better about life, like wanting to be here. Carly, 
Yes. Because <laughs> I know it's something you still go it's through. It still fucking sucks. I know. It is really hard to actually, like, admit that I have feelings. Yes. Um, but I can say that when I do actually talk about how I'm feeling and open up to somebody, even if it's just, like, you yeah. or whoever, just one person, I can't do the whole group thing. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is feels so much better yeah and it's like validating yeah and that i think is like the biggest part of it like you're not i'm not alone in how i feel and that's sort of like the like the duality of it is like you hate that you know that it's gonna feel Uh good and you're like i know this is good for me but it fucking sucks right now Uh but then when you finally get on the other side you're like yeah like how dare you tell me how i feel you're like frustrated (laughs) to feel good Uh yeah yeah. (laughs) all right carly go ahead um so let's see. All right. So your two daughters are right around the age that you started using. Yeah. So how do you tackle that whole parenting process? Um. So I'm very honest with both my children, mm-hmm. like super honest, because I feel like I have to be mm-hmm. because both of their fathers and myself are addicts. Mm-hmm. So to deny them the truth would be a disservice because I feel like the more you know, the more you can like make your choice. Like now Mm -hmm. it's a choice for you. My 13 year old um, has seen me use, Mm -hmm. has seen her father use. Um, I mean, for God's sakes, he called her one time like last year and he was high on mushrooms and he was like, yeah, I just took some mushrooms. I was like, dude, you're such a tool. Yeah. But, um, like, she's like, I don't ever want that, mom. Right? And I'm like, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Am I in denial that they might never do something? No. I know it's a possibility. The only thing that I can say is... Number one, like, I can't project, right? Because for me, it it throws me into a tailspin. I will literally drive myself crazy. Um, To be honest with my children, yes. Like, am I delusional they probably will smoke weed? They probably will. Am I delusional they're probably going to drink? No, they probably are going to. Am I fearful for the future? 100%. But I don't know where it's going to lead me. And for me to, like, assume the worst now um which i do daily because oh, yeah. i'm like oh dude you're so an addict mm. i'll be like do something i'll be like oh god you're gonna be the worst <laughs> like i know like i can see it but you know i i really don't know what the future is gonna hold mm. but i am very truthful with them they've been to meetings mm. they've been around people in recovery they see the other side of things so i'm like hopefully hopefully that like literally will be a bless i don't know i i want to be like yeah i have all the answers i fucking don't know mm-hmm. and it's scary it is scary because i do see it and i see so much of them myself and their fathers so like but i'll just tackle it when i get there it's their choice at some point and you know 
Lisa, I know this like thing called recovery, so I can like and really. Been to meetings with you. They go to meetings. Yeah. They go to like events, mm-hmm. picnics. Like every single person that's in my life is in recovery, mm-hmm. and I choose to keep it that way because I want to show my kids that there is a way to live without the use of drugs or alcohol or anything. Mm-hmm. You can still have fun. You can still go on vacations. You can still hold it. Like it's just, you know, lead by example. Mm-hmm. So. That's all I'm trying to do today. It's just like lead by example that you don't have to do those things. So, right. yeah. Um, so I want to go back to addiction a little bit. So you talked about uh, early in addiction, uh, Percocets and Xanax, and then the later heroin and fentanyl. Mm-hmm. So is there a different mentality of like when you're taking something from a script versus like when like is it it it, does your mind like play a trick like oh this is this is a prescription it's okay and then when you're falling into the heroin and fentanyl and everything it's just a different mindset it's a different animal it is Mm -hmm. it truly is because i could go into the doctor's office and be like my arm hurts Mm -hmm. and they'd be like oh here here's perk sets here's muscle relaxers here's morphine and i'd be like yeah so for a long time, my drug dealer was the doctor mm-hmm. um, because I had this dislocated shoulder. I had like tendonitis in my shoulders. I have back pains. I had children. Like I had been stabbed. I had been shot. Like I had all these things where I feel like, yeah, I can totally milk this for so long. And then the doctor stopped giving it to me, which means that I had to find my own way. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, going to the doctor and going out on the street is like a high on its own mm-hmm. to find it. Oh, the people don't realize how the lifestyle is oh, part of it, too. Yeah, like nope. I couldn't take my daughter to school without meeting my dealer first, which means that when she was in kindergarten, she did not go to school until I got drugs. Mm-hmm. Because I had to find somebody on the street. I had to find this and I had to find that. And it it is just a different beast all on its own. Because when the doctor can just hand you the script, as opposed to going out and finding it, um, it it's just so different. But you know, um, they're trying to put Logan on antidepressants and and uh, stuff, and I kind of um, I'm really nervous. I have that journey ahead of me now because yeah. I told the therapist I was like, listen, I was like. You know, me and her father are both addicts. And I'm not saying she's an addict. But what I am saying is that it makes me nervous because I don't want her to be stuck on this pill for the rest of her life. And um, they were like, oh, it's temporary. And I said, I have heard temporary my whole life. Mm-hmm. And um, temporary does not always mean temporary. And so we're trying to find different alternatives Maybe a non-narcotic, maybe, you know, more. I'm trying to get her into, like, meditation because mm-hmm. um, I meditate on the regular. You could like, try St. John's Wort if you wanted something natural. Okay. For sure. I will definitely do that. Also, I hear acupuncture is very, very good for anxiety and depression in children. Okay. I do have an acupuncturist because I got Bell's palsy <laughs> and I have an acupuncturist now because of this. Um, I will definitely try all those things because I'm really looking for alternatives mm-hmm. yeah. and um, I'm really trying to like help her the best that I can without 
trying a substance first mm-hmm. because I want to show her also that you don't need to take something prescribed. Yeah, exactly. there's like so much stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And so we've tried um, yoga, meditation. I will try acupuncture and I will actually go get some St. John's work because I really want her to be her best authentic self yeah. without um, a prescription. If I can, if I can't, We'll tackle that road yep. too when we get there, and yep. you know. But I'd like to try every. I'd like to exceed all uh, possibilities first. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, how does your addiction manifest itself today? <laughs> That's my favorite question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh God. You know when? Um. It's so funny because it comes out like um. Oh my god, it's so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I will be okay, and and it's not mostly like I I, I really don't have the desire to use anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've asked my higher power to lift all that from me, and like thank thank God it has because um, my first reaction today when something comes up is um, I like to. <laughs> talk to myself mm-hmm. and I talk back <laughs> yeah. because um, I'll be driving down the highway and I'll be like fuck you you motherfucking bitch you know? and I will be like oh my god Erica you're god awful or you know um, one therapeutic value helping like one addict helping another addict so somebody will ask me to help them and my first response will be like absolutely not I don't even like you. And absolutely, that's not the case. I just... <laughs> yeah. I just say it. Yep, my brain, yep. Yeah, it's, I just say it. Not that... And, and so I don't think before mm-hmm. I speak sometimes. And I still do that to this day. Um, you know, I if I feel bad, Amazon mm-hmm. is really bad because I have packages all the time delivered. But now I have to think before I do it because it's, you know, I'm just trying to fix another feeling with that. That's, another what, that's what the shopping cart is for. Just leave it in the shopping cart. So I do that, but the thing is, is that I'll be like, ah! Then it's like 37 swipe. items and you're like, ah, like, fuck it, buy them all. Check. <laughs> and I'll buy stupid things. Oh God, I bought an ice thing for my face. And um, I can just use a fucking ice cube. What is wrong with me? You know what I'm saying? Like, just, why do you need it? For what? Um, I don't know. It it still manifests to this day. I still have to do this thing where I have to like look at myself, take my own inventory, do not take other people's inventory, look at myself, stop comparing out. Like I have to do all these things because um I'm still crazy. Thanks for letting me share. Well, I am out of questions. Okay. Are you out of questions? There. All right. Well, we would I'm love to thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. It was, it was nice. Woo, woo, woo. It was nice. We'll give you one quick minute. Talk to the women out there who are listening, um, going through addiction, going through a shitty relationship, whatever. What do you have to say to them? Oh, my God. Um, you're not alone. There are people who are going through the same thing that you're going through. Like, I love you. Please, like, come over to the side because it's amazing. It's so freeing. Um, I love it. And if 
if I can change, like, come on, anybody can change because I was a shit show and you don't deserve it. You're, you are so much more like you're worth more, so much more than you think you deserve. Um, and just like, you know, love, love yourself as I love everybody today, because if you don't like, you can't love anybody who you cannot love anybody if you don't even love yourself so like I know that today and I love myself today which is why I can love a healthy person like come and like enjoy this like recovery so you can like love yourself today because I think that's the most important thing um, to like yourself love yourself like be who you are be free and not have to go and use anymore because it's like totally not all right. Well, here at Podcast Recovery, we are aiming to expand the scope of support for recovering addicts. Accessibility and convenience of helpful services is paramount to combating addiction. We work to bring the message of recovery to every addict, wherever and whenever it is needed. We believe that a powerful voice of recovery should be obtainable, practical, and untouchable. But every addict deserves to hear a message of hope, and Podcast Recovery is here to provide it. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Make sure you go to all of our platforms. Uh, go to podcastrecovery.com to learn more about your hosts. Uh, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please check out our Patreon because we need help keeping the mics on. We are fully self-sustaining. So, uh, yeah, check us out. Get some cool content, some cool swag coming your way with just a small donation. Um, yeah, and we appreciate all of you listening. But most importantly, everybody out there. Stay safe and stay clean.